Caribbean Cricket Podcast with me, David Oram. I'll be looking at the recent major cricket news stories in the region in the company of my good friend, the renowned West Indies cricket commentator, Joseph Reds Pereira. Greetings, Reds. How are you? Well, slightly overwhelmed by all the football, Leicester City, um, that fairy tale, <laughs> dramatic win. Um, my team, also the team of Derek Murray, um, Spurs didn't finish as well, but congratulations to them. Let's see how they will handle it. Will they buy players? Will they sell players? Um, you know, we can all wish them very, very well. And looking forward to the start of the England-Sri Lanka Test match on the nineteenth of May. Yes. The day before my birthday. Yes, yes. Well, I'm going to ask hint, you. Hint, hint, hint. hint. <laughs> <laughs> have to give out your address to listeners where they can send you a a, a card then, Reds. Uh, that was May the nineteenth, was it? That's right. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, let's 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 start with the good news this week, Reds. Um, there's been a lot of it coming out from the West Indies Cricket Board um, in these uh, difficult and troubled times, um, but there has been some. Yeah, yeah, one could be churlish and perhaps suggest that uh, a lot of the good news uh, press releases coming out of the West Indies Cricket Board are, are spin. Personally, I don't think that's the case. I know there's some people who think the case. But there's been a lot that's come out this week about coaching courses, about the release of fees, uh, about uh, funding into uh, women's cricket in, in, in the schools. I really don't know where to begin. Well, I mean, pick, some, pick some through some of those for us, Reds. Well, I was just reading the last one from... Um... Philip Spooner, where um, they in fact had a focus with coaches um, all over the Caribbean, former Test players in in in, in Courtney Walsh and, and, and Winston Benjamin and uh, uh, Samuels, the the opener Robert Samuels and a few yeah. others, and the focus was to provide information base to help players with suspect actions. Mm. Um, there, there, there are quite a few, of course, and we wouldn't go into any name calling, no. uh, who who can be helped. And this kind of help needs to be done as early as possible. So it is up to those, um, those uh, coaches now to go back and get straight into the nets with uh, the people who would, might be considered having a suspect action. But that's one of uh, the the um, highlights. I saw where Carl Beckford is saying that Guyana is ready for the opening um, Tri-Nation game. Yep. Tickets are on sale. Uh, the, the weather seems to be good. Uh, those are the two that uh, passed my eyes and I think there, there was one David which you might have read in more detail about some uh, some payments yes yes um, there was uh, talk about the fees being released uh, and more injection of money into the region 
Um, it's it's all positive stuff. I was most particularly interested that they're going to fund a, a women's regional under nineteen tournament. They just had one in Trinidad and Tobago, and that seems to be a great success. And they want to uh, follow up on that. There's also been a skills training cap. There's going to be a skills training cap in Barbados next month for emerging female cricketers. You talked about there the uh, training courses, coaching courses, I should say, in Barbados for the region's top level co- uh, coaches. A lot of help and assistance has come in. Uh, on that with the from the English cricket board, really trying to get some foundation work done in, in the Caribbean. One thing I did pick out that I found very interesting, Reds, in one of the many releases this week, is that the West Indies cricket board's going to uh, look quite seriously into the feasibility of day-night test cricket. And within that is going to very much consider uh, introducing some day-night regional four-day cricket, presumably for this coming season. Well, um, in terms of test cricket, they only have... Uh four matches scheduled, so they have to start making those decisions um, quickly. Um, but Australia's gone that way, and we see others are, in fact, thinking of that. And I see a, another experiment this morning um, from Andrew Strauss, the head of cricket in England, saying that they might have a competition where the public um, might choose uh, the, the various teams. I don't know if you... You, you, you actually read that? I've not, I've not read any sort of like real details on yet that reads it. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm always a little doubtful that the public is quite capable of uh, making informed choices. Uh, I, I, I confess, as somebody who's watched a lot of reality TV shows, things like Strictly Come Dancing or The X Factor, they always seem to pick the wrong contestants. So, so I, I, I have my doubts. Um, one thing that was um, picked out, as, as a winner this week, was uh, the Guyana Cricket Board. Uh, it won the country's National Sports Commission Award for the Sports Association Federation of the Year. And the Guyana Cricket Board Secretary, Anand uh, Sanasi, was named the Sports Official of the Year. Um, is Guyana's cricket governance really that successful, Reds? Well, I don't believe that um, the majority of Guyanese feel that um, you know the Constitution was put right and that all the stakeholders was allowed uh, maybe to choose the makeup of the board. There's been many questions uh, about the democracy, the transparency about the the elections. Uh, The West Indies board backs the incumbent board, no no doubt about that. Mm. Um, But I do not believe, for example, a huge, very productive area of Guyana the Burbis area, which has produced many great players, and um, where cricket is still very much going on in Burbis. Well, let me say that cricket is going on all over, despite maybe the uncertainty uh, about the legality of the constitution. Yeah. And I would think that um, Mr. Sanasi can only be described as a survivor. I mean, he was <laughs> under great pressure in, in, in the last, under the last government. And he's still managing to stay alive. He's, he's a director on the West Indies board. And, um, you know, I think for, for a long time until um, someone is in a position to really get hold of the constitution of Guyana and see whether they could, um, you know, have it laid in front of all and all participate Mm. Um, you know, there, there will always be that that question mark to the um, the legality and the fairness of the makeup 
on the Ghana cricket board. But cricket goes on, Australia is coming, and in the final analysis, the public wants to see uh, cricket. The public wants to see cricket. Although I see uh, a friend of yours, Mr. Benjamin, <laughs> has come out um, in the Kaichou News asking the Guyanese to boycott. Um, mm. I think you had, you had a reaction um, from w one of our podcast um, listeners? Well, I have a very brief note come through, Red, saying that uh, that, uh, that wouldn't achieve anything in uh, in, in the region. I think I'd, I'd like to hear more from Colin himself. I think it's time to get him on again and to give that other view. I mean, he's calling for a boycott uh, in, uh, in Guyana of the fans. I don't think that would achieve a great deal, but I'd like to hear his reasoning. Um, probably I also uh, deserve myself and listeners as well, to try and find out a little bit more about uh, what the issues really are in Guyana, where there is this um, internal, yeah, long, ongoing internal strife. Well, the interesting thing about the boycott that um, he doesn't extend it uh, to the rest of the region. You know, if you're going to boycott West Indies cricket, um, you can't, can't just focus on the Tri-Series. What about the, the India series? Mm. Aren't you... I'm going to take your boycott to that if you really want to hit Omar. And no mention of boycotting the Fortress and Port of Spain. Yeah. Well, as you say, they were hard-hitting words from Colin Benjamin. They probably weren't the hardest-hitting uh, or the, um, the toughest. There was a very, very strong article, uh, strongly opinionated article, perhaps I should call it, from Andre Baptiste this week in the Trinidad Press. A really damning article on Richard Pybus. Um, did you read it, Reds? What were your thoughts? Well, it seems to be a matter between Andre and and and, and Pribus. Um, it, it seemed to be a straightforward case where he doesn't think the work of of Pribus is, is solid and good, and um, he simply uh, takes him apart. I mean, mm. you know, the two sides of the story. But I don't believe that uh, we're in a position to get the Richard Pribus side. No, I think I think that's right. What I will do in response to that article, though, and I will, as usual, when I put this podcast up and put it on the blog um, and do links to all the articles that we refer to, I did get uh, uh, an email specifically about that article from one of our regular listeners, and I'll just give a few highlights from it. He said that uh, the players don't like Richard Pybus because he is a professional and does not just let them do as they please. There is so much indiscipline in West Indies cricket. We blame the world for all our problems, and this is also evident in our cricket. Pybus is an outsider, and how dare he tell us what to do? That is the sentiment. This insular, infantile attitude is at the root of many of the Caribbean problems today. We had great cricketers 30 years ago, not today, and we have nobody that has established a professional cricket structure. We must learn from the world and adapt to it. Richard Pybus is doing that. I thought also you had one from our faithful podcast listeners uh, who probably commented also on on, on the Benjamin article. And not that not that I, not that I recall, Reds, but perhaps I've missed something in my inbox. If there is something there, I promise you, I will pull that out uh, for our next podcast or when I talk to um, Colin myself. Within all of this, it was interesting that this all came in the same week that Samuel Badry, who's uh, perhaps a more mature uh, cricketer, um, he called for unity. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I, 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 I like that coming from Badri. I think there must be some compromise. And, you know, people have been asking me what kind of compromise the West Indies board could first make 
And the first thing that comes to my mind is to reduce the number of directors. Mm. That will be a step in the right direction. You might have two directors, but only one comes to the West Indies board meeting. They can alternate. But straight away, you have cut the ship. You are running a much tighter, slimmer ship. And that will demonstrate uh, to to everyone in the Caribbean uh, that you can make adjustments. And of course, adjustments uh, must come uh, from both sides. If if the board is is willing to 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 make the necessary adjustments to cut the cost of running the board, I, I think that must be taken in um, by those who who who, who want them to yeah. be disbanded or, or or that's nothing on the table anymore. Who who wants change? Let me say, who wants change? No, I, I entirely agree with you. There does have to be reform. I think that's something everybody agrees on. What's disagreed is the is the level. Uh, even the board itself has said that they will um, be putting wheels into motion to do so. At this time, I'm going to trust them that they're going to continue that process. Looking ahead, we've got the, uh, as you said, the uh, the summer of cricket in the West Indies. We've got the, the tri-series of one-day internationals. We've got the India Tour. Still no dates for the India Tour Reds or for the CPL. We had a backwards and forwards in the last seven, ten days that Guyana had got the final. No, they haven't got the final. It's going to Trinidad. Oh, no, perhaps it's going to Florida. Uh, perhaps it's going to Jamaica. Oh, no, but perhaps the Jamaica match and they're going to Florida. It's all got a bit silly, hasn't it, Reds? Well, I think the Guyanese are the first who came out to say they've got it, and then they were the first to say that they were um, simply out, outbid by, um, by, by Trinidad. Hmm. And then the CPL, uh, they came in and said, no, 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 there's been no decision. We are still <laughs> in discussion with Guyana, with, with Trinidad, and on one other country, they didn't say which other country, but I see the Minister of Sport in Guyana, Dr. Rupnarayan, he mm. said, well, I do not know who they are discussing with. <laughs> They're not talking to me. Yeah. So, uh, to me, right now, if I had to put a penny, I, I'd say that I'd bet it that it's heading for Trinidad, but um, the CPL um, information is late, very late in terms of who's playing where, and um, I, I think that um, they need to, to to get over this hurdle in, in a matter of days. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, one thing that was cleared up by Michael Hall at the CPL, uh, he made it quite clear that there is actually there is no clash whatsoever with the uh, the India Test match fixtures, which equally haven't been announced. But that's not what the issue is. It is more about the financing of the final. I have to be honest; it worries me a little. This confusion. It makes me wonder if everything is quite as rosy in the finances and organisation of the CPL as we've been led to believe. And in in our next podcast, I'll try and get from a source in Jamaica what's the position with the Talawas franchise owner Mm. demanding separate payment for the boxes at Sabina Park. Right now, the box owners, uh, they pay... um, uh, a check to the Jamaica Cricket Association. They were part of developing the boxes in 2007. That partnership has been going along very well. But um, the Talibans are saying, look, we are hiring the ground and uh, our, our franchise owners want part of that um, payment uh, for the duration of 
of the CPL matches there. We yeah. want to wait and see whether the second meeting brought a decision. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, you broke that story, Reds, I think. I think it was firstly on, on this podcast. I know you spoke about it on the Mason and Guest Show this week, and I have seen a discussion on social media uh, wondering whether this might lead ultimately into all of those games being to moved to Florida. We shall wait and see. Let's turn our attention to the uh, English cricket season. There's a few things that are coming out of that that we'd, I'd like to talk about or just flag up. Uh, Fidel Edwards, we understand from Dale Bankenstein at Hampshire, is out for the season. As you mentioned, the Sri Lanka Test Series is uh, just about to start. But there's all this talk about um, the, across multi-formats having a, a point system, Reds. I mean, what was your reaction to that? I haven't read enough on that uh, point system. I, I know there's some debate about the England team, and I saw the former Eng- in England captain hmm. um, not favouring Compton um, to, to, to open... A, Against Sri Lanka, I, I I don't know if you saw that. Well, they're, they're waiting to see the team coming out. There's talk about Vince playing. There's, I mean, personally, I'm not particularly enamoured of Compton, but I don't feel strongly either way. Um, I I leave all my passionate sentiment uh, reds to, to to selections of the West Indies cricket teams of one shade or another. I mean, within the West Indies cricket selection, the form of Chesney Hughes early season for for Derbyshire, who I believe comes from Anguilla, uh, is he somebody that should be on the West Indies radar? Well, I think he just needs to make more runs when he comes to the West Indies. Good to see him put together a couple of good scores, but he has not been as prolific. Here in in the Caribbean, and um, I think it, it'd be nice to see him coming and, and, and dominate. Uh, but just back to calls, suggestions. I just feel that there is, in fact, a, a, a drum beat, mm. a drum beat, and the, the calls have come from various places. See Brian Lara um, echoing uh, the need to pick uh, Bravo and Russell and, and Pollard, etc. See. Courtney yes. Ambrose saying that we should tweet. I wonder if we're going to have, um, you know, that kind of groundswell. Um, read the, the first opening um, Tri-Nation game in, in Guyana. Um, you know, when, when the likes of Brian Laro um, makes a point about yeah. that, it, it gets great mileage. Well, is it having any effect on the board, on the selectors? We, ju- we just have to wait and see. But you must have read for the calls once again yeah. uh, to pick the quote-unquote um, best team uh, from the best players. Of course, people will say, look, when we were playing all these best players, we were still number eight. <laughs> so, you know, you, you can look at it both ways. Well, I, I, I read the comments from Brian Lara, and I can understand his call for the recall of Bravo, Pollard, etc. Let's call them the, uh, the, the 2020 players. Um, his quote was, they are an integral integral part of any West Indies team. I, I really have to dispute that. I mean, the, the, the man uh, is obviously a, a genius batsman, but I doubt he's watched as much cricket as you and I have with West Indies in the last couple of years. There's no way that several of these players are inter- would be integral of any Test match side. Dwayne Bravo, I don't think, has played a first-class match of any description for six years now. Pollard, even when he was available, wasn't picked for the test side. Um, these guys are clearly an integral part of uh, West Indies' best 2020 side. They have a case for being selected in the one-day international side. 
But let's also be honest that some of their powers are waning. I mean, Chris Gale is a great, or has been, a great player. He's now lost his place in his IPL side. Equally, Sanu Narayan is back playing in the IPL. And Ajit Agarka uh, has said that he's not the bowler that he was. Darrell Cunnellan said that Narayan is bowling a lot slower. Um, so it's questionable whether some of these guys actually justify a place. Well, I think what we need to do to be fair to all, David, is the next time we should really put out um, the stats on the ODIs of for uh, these players, so the public can judge for themselves how automatic um, you know they are, how successful they were. Um, you know, I think sometimes the stats will speak for themselves, and we're talking about ODI stats playing for, for the West Indies. Well, I think what, I, what I'll do is, and, and I, I know what you're saying, but I'm a lot more um, sceptical of stats, because stats can uh, describe how good a player is overall, but not necessarily in a period. Uh, Darren Sammy's bowling figures in Test cricket, for example, um, uh, were an overall good stat. They were very good stats early on. In his period as a Test captain, his bowling stats were horrific. But still, even at the end of his uh, Test career, people were calling for him to uh, be bowling in Test matches because his overall stats were about 32 or something, where his te- bowling stats for the period of the preceding three, four years were more like 58. Um, but I can certainly put links up to those stats. Uh, I think that's, that's not a bad idea. Um, let's just pick up on a... a Few other bits uh, read uh, in the the second half of this uh, show. I just want to flag up a couple of nice little things that I think are good for the development of West Indies cricket. Uh, Verdane Smith is uh, going to be umpiring in uh, the English County Championship. It was announced, and uh, Leslie Reefer Jr. has uh, joined, has been appointed to the ICC's International Umpires Panel. Yes, it's always good when you have an umpire getting some experience in England and, um, you know, it's constant. It's virtually, you know, every other day you're moving to another match, different conditions, different players, different situations. Uh, Here's hoping that 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 will continue. We have had English umpires, of course, coming out to officiate in in our um, first-class professional season. And congratulations to, to young Rifa, who I find a very studious young, young man, easy to talk to. And, um, you know, he has been kicked up the ladder a bit, due, of course, to uh, the re- re- retirement, so to speak, of, hmm. of, of, of the umpire from Trinidad. Yes, yes, uh, Peter Nero stood down. Already Joel Wilson, Gregory Bathway and... Uh, Nigel Dugid is uh, uh, are on that uh, panel, um, for joining them. And at the young age of 26, if he can keep developing, there's every chance he might end up at an international elite umpires panel official. And one of the youngest, uh, you know, at, at the first class level, and uh, you know, once he touches the international world, he'll be probably one of the youngest at 26. Yeah. He comes from a cricketing family, as you as you well know, and he decided. Um, you know, I would not go the route of playing. Too many reefers maybe have played for Barbados. Let me, um, you know, let me uh, put their name out there, standing with the white coat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple of other things I just want to uh, flag up in a, a weekly roundup. Uh, Chadwick Walton was named as uh, the University of the West Indies Sportsman of the Year. 
Stephanie Taylor's old school, uh, the Eltham High School, is going to name its sports facility in Jamaica uh, after her, call it the Stephanie Taylor Oval. And one thing that, uh, from the uh, Jamaica press, uh, Odin Brown, the Jamaica leg spinner, the decision comes out this coming week on his possible two-year ban for he missed a series of whereabouts drugs test and uh, he's been out of the Jamaican side for the last couple of years in any case but he may get that ban for uh, missing those those tests this is very similar to the Andre Russell case uh, Red so it'll be interesting to see what the result is this week on Odine Brown well we haven't heard uh, much about any further information on the Andre Russell Mm. Uh, that's just been a blank Uh, I know Odine Brown has had this matter he's also had an operation um, because for years he bowled with a fair amount of pain and a leg spinner that you know I've always admired and must have come close at one time of, of getting in and um, you know here's hoping that uh, you know he, he's not going to be lost from the game that if the band does in fact take effect uh, that he will stay fit now how far does the ban go? Can he play club cricket or the ban is for playing for Jamaica? No, those those are good questions. I'm I'm not entirely sure how, how deep that remit goes. Obviously, it would ban him from playing first-class cricket. But uh, no, I don't know the answer to that, Reds. And uh, it may be something that emerges this week. I mean, Brown, of course, was uh, an integral part of uh, Jamaica's five years in a row of winning the uh, regional four-day competition. And uh, his uh, falling away from the side, as it were, has been a, a big contributor to, to Jamaican cricket falling off at, the, at that level. Yes, I mean, we can only wish him well. We can only wish him well. Yeah, no, absolutely, we'll look at that. Uh, last few minutes, Reds. Something that I just, again, wanted to flag up, returning to the good news of the week, as it were. Uh, it came out of the uh, Antigua that uh, former Leeward Islands player and the current manager... Hugh Gore, he's going to be honoured with the inaugural Egan Warner Humanitarian Award uh, on the island for his, contrib- uh, for his contribution to cricket. This is a new initiative they're uh, bringing in over there and uh, he was uh, unanimously acclaimed to be the, uh, uh, the first to, to, to receive it. Um, what can you tell us about Hugh Gore, Reds? Well, first of all, his father was, well, before my time, from all accounts uh, from what you hear in Antigua and the Leewards, his father um, was in fact an outstanding player. Hugo Gore um, went to school in Barbados. Uh, he went to Lodge as far as I know and bowled left arm medium fast. Uh, tall man, he stretches up to about 6'3", um, so he would have gotten good bunks and a fair amount of attention from batsmen who were bowling the right length. Then he went back um, to Antigua, played for Antigua, played for the Leewards uh, with some distinction and then in fact got a short contract with Somerset and that no doubt was, was a major achievement, uh, played for Somerset and when he finished the playing days at the first class level, he then became the, the manager of the, the, the Leeward side. The kind of personality, the kind of character um, who would be very, very good at talking to players, especially young players. Um, he lives a, a very a simple, humble life, um, carries himself well and never, you know, cocky or big headed, easy to talk to and uh, has made a, 
a magnificent uh, contribution, a magnificent contribution um, to Leeward's cricket in particular. And I think definitely the Antiguans have made the right choice. Yeah, no, and that's uh, it's lovely that he's being recognised in that way. And uh, you and I want to add our uh, congratulations to him. That's about all we've got time for this week, Reds. I, I know you always love to uh, uh, thank all our listeners, particularly in the Americas. Yes, um, you know we we we, uh, we hope they're quite happy with with, with the um, material. Um, we want their feedback. We will re- read their their um, emails back to us as we've been doing, um, and uh, you know we hope that they they continue uh, to listen and we continue to bring um, balance and, and fairness uh, to them and to all. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, um, thank you for that. And well said. I will add to that that uh, we can be reached uh, on email at Willow in the Windies at Outlook.com, that's W-I-L-L-O-W-I-N-T-H-E-W-I-N-D-I-E-S, at Outlook.com, Willow in the Wind is at Outlook.com, and you can catch this uh, podcast regularly on SoundCloud. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. That's it for this week, Reds. Thank you again. And stay well in Pakistan. (laughs) And you stay well, sir, in St Lucia. This has been the Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, with Reds Pereira and me, David Orham. And we both hope you can join us again next time. Goodbye.